Every town has that creepy road that no one likes to drive on at night. The one surrounded by trees and never lit. I know you have that one road that comes to mind. What happens when your car stalls out? What do you do? What do you do, Christina? What do you do? Cry. And that's the correct answer. Mm -hmm. But what if there's no service either? Can't call nobody. Cry. Cry. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's got to be everyone's fear. Well, this is exactly what happened to a college student in Maryland. Hope you enjoy our first case and first episode. Trigger warnings for this case are rape and kidnapping. Yep. And if you can't handle that, that's okay. You can tune in for the next episode. Mm Mm-hmm. Good morning, America. I'm here with my awesome, cool bearded dragon owner, mm-hmm. co-host Alyssa. Okay. And I'm here with my dragon ball large shirt lover, <laughs> co-host Christina. <laughs> I like big shirts. We know. Goodwill shirts at that. Goodwill shirts, yeah. All right, so this is our first ever case and episode. Yeah. How are you feeling about it? I'm cool. Well, it's it's going to be a little, it's a sad case, to be honest with you. And I feel like it could happen to anybody. All right, let's get started. You have probably heard of the victim's advocates, and some may have not. But to explain it is that it guides families who have lost the one to violence. It gives them tons of resources when dealing with the court, and it acts as a voice for them when they need it the most. All of this was started by a grieving mother who wasn't able to be included in court proceedings and often was never notified about anything with her daughter's case. On top of that, she wasn't even allowed to give her victim's impact statement. You know what that is? In court? What? Yeah, but what? Impact statement? Mm-hmm. What is it? How it impacted her? Like the like the like a sister brother or whatever. Yeah. And they okay. With this, the Victim Rights Act of 2004 was started, and part of her daughter Stephanie Roper. You ever heard of this before? Okay. Stephanie Roper was born on January 18, 1960, so we're, we're throwing it back a little bit, mm-hmm. in Montgomery County, Maryland, to parents Roberta Roper and Vincent Roper. She was the oldest of five siblings, and her mother described the bond between her and Stephanie to be the most mature child there was. She often forgot how young her daughter truly was. She would always ask her for help with things around the house when she was stressed out, and Stephanie responded with, I'm only 12 years old. Can I go outside and play? I thought that was kind of funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> her, her parents seen the sparkle within her while she grew up. They believed she was going to be great one day. She had a magical artistic ability and was super friendly. Also, she always did everything especially well. She was a youth group leader at her church who journaled her thoughts. She attended an all-girls ca- I did have a journal once. I think I don't think I wrote in it. You know those ones with like the lock or something? The diary? I don't know, but I don't think I wrote in it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> Okay, she had attended a all girls Catholic school in Lorraine at Lorraine High School in Sweetland, Maryland. So I was doing my research, right? And they kept saying so they had started a GoFundMe account and they had said like, Oh, her sisters What year was this? 1960 like she was born 1960 so like she was 22 so okay 1982 they have a gofundme what they have a gofundme yeah they started pretty recently i'm pretty positive oh we can check it out later i'll link it but anyways 
So I was doing my research on it and they had commented like saying like, oh, her sisters of the high school. And I'm like, no high school has sisters. You know, that's a college thing. Like, come day, la, la, da, day. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sorority sisters. Yeah, there you go. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, mm, that's kind of sussy because there's boys there at high school too, right? So it's confusion. But it's an all-girls Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it made sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyways, so she graduated from there and attended Frostburg State University as an art student. Before she was murdered, she was a graduate. But I was reading also, what's an undergraduate? Uh, first four years of college. Undergraduate. Someone who hasn't got their bachelor's. So could she be a senior with that? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they were saying undergraduate and senior, so I didn't know the difference. (laughs) So this took place on April 3rd, 1982. At the time, Stephanie was 22. She spent a weekend away from her college to enjoy a night out with her friends. They were coming back from a bar called the 21st Amendment, located at the west end of Washington, D.C. So I'm going to break down the route and the distance and the time. So Christina has her map pulled up, and she's going to tag along as I describe where everything is at. Mm-hmm. The fam- They had moved to Croom, Maryland, right? So that's where she was staying for the weekend. Okay, now look up her college which is frostburg university and that's way up there it's literally like two hours and 45 minutes apart from Croom and her college okay so from Croom to the bar is 35 to 40 minutes a walk no a drive okay okay so with that all in mind you know where all the places are at Mm -hmm. her and her friend were heading back but she dropped her friend off at her house first in brandywine so from Croom to the bar, 35, 40 minutes. But so she had a detour to drop the friend off. So it, it just tacked on a little bit more time. Brandywine was 30 minutes from the bar. I mean, they're all pretty kind of in the close distance away, but it's going to take her a little bit since she dropped the friend off. So this was around 2 a.m. Okay. And she had told her parents that she was going to sleep at her friend's house, but then she changed her mind. She then had probably a, maybe about 15 more minutes to get to her town since the friend was kind of, you know, off route. She is now on Floral Park Road. So I looked up Floral Park Road and I couldn't find it. So I don't know if you can find it, but I couldn't find it. So what had happened was she veered off. She, I guess she just lost control. And it did say in like what I was looking around at that her and her friend like had like three drinks or so, like two to three drinks. Mm-hmm. There was no autopsy about if it was in her system or not. You don't know, you know? So she had veered off, and she hit, like, a tree stump, causing her tires to blow out. It was, like, three tires blow, blown out, and her rear axle damaged, but she turned out to be fine. So she was stranded, and when you look on this road, so there's a highway. It's Highway 4. I mean, mm. It's, like, two highways <clears throat> parallel, and then the Floral Park Road is, like... A- oh, you found it? Yeah, it's right there. Oh, thanks, Bay. You're awesome. Um, And it's literally surrounded about of like nothing but trees Mm -hmm. so you could imagine that drive like i don't know if there's any lights put up but just imagine driving down and trees all around you so she was stranded when two men pulled up and told her that they would take her to a friend's house she then climbed into the car where they kidnapped her at gunpoint the two men's names so don't get this mixed up okay the two men's names are the so there's a 26 year old jack ronald jones 
and the 17-year-old, Jerry Lee Beatty. So Jerry, which is the younger one, is described as a pool hustler. I guess hitting up the pool every night. Mm-hmm. Probably good at pool. Yeah. Yeah. I think about swimming pools, but yeah. <laughs> and so Jerry was living with Jack. And since he had, they both had no jobs, they was um, doing drugs and drinking the night before into the next day, which is when they murdered her. They then took her to an abandoned shack in Oakville, St. Mary's County. And so you're thinking like, oh, it's right off the road. Like, they didn't go that far to take her. It was just some random road, right? No. The whole, the drive was a whole hour. So, I mean, she probably, it probably felt like forever and she was probably terrified. Mm-hmm. Like, an hour with these men. She was by herself? Yeah. Because she had already dropped the friend off. Oh, okay, yeah. So she was heading home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let's say, like, Jack was driving and Jerry would rape her. Mm-hmm. Then Jerry would drive and Jack would rape her. Okay? But that was a whole hour. Mm-hmm. There's no, no matter how, there's no telling how many times that happened, you know? Mm-hmm. So then they got her to the abandoned shack. And it's, the shack is literally by a river. There's like a river and then the shack. So once they got there, they then raped her again and beat her. Mm-hmm. She did try to escape, but she was eventually caught. And she had told one of the guys through her tears that she needed to go home because she had a painting to finish. So they were going to let her live, I'm guessing. But then one of them had said the other's name, and that's what made them decide to finally kill her. Mm-hmm. They took a heavy logging chain. You know what that is? No. So just imagine like a hook at the end and like a big old chain. Okay. It's kind of thick. It's mm-hmm. not those small chains. And beat her till her skull fractured, and then they shot her in the head. They then cut her hands off. I was confused about this part because it was said that her body was burned to ashes. Another said that they had dragged her to a stump pole near the river. And another said that they had went back a day later to cut her hands off. A hands off did happen, but they don't know really. I mean, we don't really know when it exactly happened. But there's so many stories. So I'm just kind of telling you what all. Mm-hmm. But they later on, they had said that the police came to find her body. But then somebody's saying like they burned her to ashes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know. So she was a missing person for nine days before the police showed up at the Roper house to tell them the news they were both caught quickly because the younger one jerry was bragging about killing her someone else i think was living with the three the two boys the two men and they eventually turned them into the police jack and jerry were charged in saint mary's county where it happened they're both charged with felony murder kidnapping and rape so they were they were charged for the whole shit the whole shebang well i mean they did the whole shebang yeah but they don't always charge for rape and stuff but they charge for everything Mm. we'd love to see it (laughs) <laughs> so they were given two concurrent life sentences with the possibility of parole after 12 years. But then that was doubled when they were given more time. So all in all, two consecutive life sentences for Jack, the older one, and then an additional 20 years for the younger one, Jerry, after his life sentence. So life sentence and then another 20 years added. He was 17, right? Mm-hmm. So was he an adult convicted as an adult? You know, I don't know. But the severity of the crime, mm-hmm. that was, yeah, they done. They lock, locked up. And you have to remember that her family wasn't even notified of the court proceedings, not even allowed to witness the trial, and also weren't allowed to give impact statements. Like, they weren't allowed to even tell these guys how they hurt them, you know? This sparked outrage within the community, but also gave way to Stephanie's legacy of helping other victims' families. 
During the trial, Jack stated that he was not the one to fire the gun, but the one to hit her with the chain and set her on fire. So I guess the fire did happen. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. So if her... Never mind. Stupid. No, say it. No, I was just gonna no it's okay. I was just going to... There's no stupid questions, bro. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I was just going to say, if her body was burnt to ashes, how they know that her hand was chopped off, but like the bone connected to the thing? Mm-hmm. They they had stated, I think during trial, they had stated that they cut her hands off so her body couldn't be identified. Like she doesn't have teeth or anything. I guess. So at one point later in the trial, Jack, the older one, said he felt deep remorse over what had happened. And this mug, wait, hold on, this mug, this mug says he doesn't know how this could happen. I don't know, Jack. Answer the question. So, <laughs> so, say you, you're about to kill somebody mm-hmm. and you take out all their teeth. Mm-hmm. Um, the nails. The nails. You can, and then you burn them. Do you think the body cannot be, cannot, cannot can, be identified? Can, yeah. I think it's the jaw of the, right? Everybody has different jaws. Yeah, jaws or teeth. So, like, say if you cut <gasps> the fingerprints. No. Oh, the you're body. burned. Burning the body. I don't know. That's a great question. Right. All right. It's a really good question. Thank if y'all know it out there, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um. So. He kept himself together, like, composed while he was saying how sorry he was to the friends and family of Stephanie. The only time he did break down in court was when they asked how it affected his family. So his mother was pissed about what happened, like, obviously. Mm-hmm. But this man had a wife and kid. Yeah, so I'm guessing all these people were living in one house. Were they related? Who was? Jack and Jerry? No, they were just friends. Oh, okay. Busted up friends. <laughs> Before this, a forensic psychiatrist by the name Dr. Michael Spodak testified that Jack lacked remorse and posed a threat to society still. This is why Jack broke down in court. I mean, like, explained why he was sorry and then eventually broke down for his family is to contradict the doctor's statement to show the remorse. Yeah. Yeah. So the doctor stated that this crime was likely a result of his heavy use of drugs and alcohol. Jack stated that the reason of all his drug use steamed from an abusive father, and he stayed. He stated how unhappy his childhood was. He started drinking when he was fourteen and using PCP when he was sixteen. You know what PCP is? No. Mm, I feel like it's. A, I really don't know. You don't know. I looked it up, but it didn't really make sense to me. What did it say? But I think it's a pill. But you can crush up and snort it. But I don't know what it's mixed with. I don't know. Maybe it's just like all drugs in one. I don't know. It's just a drug. There you go. It's just mm-hmm. a strong drug. Strong drug. So he had a job, but then he lost it because of his usage. So at one point, he did have a job. So he obviously had a problem with drugs. And I like to mention the murder's past because for me, I feel like it's an important part of the case, you know? But this doesn't mean that it was okay for them to do it because of the past. It's just good to know what's up, you know? Like, it doesn't justify what the fuck they did. You still gonna do time, Yeah, bro. yeah. Yeah. Stephanie left a legacy behind when she was murdered. Many people went through the system with no type of assistance. Didn't know a thing about the courts. And on top of that, they were grieving. So that's why her mother and father started the Maryland Crime Victim Resource Center. Also, April 3rd was chosen to remember Stephanie for years to come. They also changed parts of the Maryland Route 4, which is that main highway, 
to Stephanie Roper Highway. Like there's, I think there's a north part and a south part. And the north part is the Stephanie Roper Highway and then to the south part. So it's just part of it. Her college also started the Stephanie Ann Roper Gallery in the Fine Arts Building because she was a, you know, mm-hmm. art student. Art student. The Roper Victim Assistance Academy trains victims advocates. So do you finally get what the victim advocates do? Yeah. What do they do? I don't know. Oh, man. <laughs> They're there for the families. Oh, yes, yes. They to help them go through the, the yeah, courts and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she was able to get remembered in so many ways, which is pretty dope. Because you really don't see much of the recognition on cases. And I think it was a lot to do with her mother's advocacy. So do you think justice was served? Yeah. I think so. I think so, too. I mean, they got life sentences. Yeah. And they got caught. They got caught. Quickly. Quickly. Because of the younger one. For the friend. Telling the cops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's okay to be a snitch, guys. Yeah. This is okay. (laughs) Yeah. High five on that one. (laughs) Sometimes snitches don't get stitches. Right? They get. They get a thank you. Yes, they get a thank you. Yeah. A well-deserved thank a well-deserved you. A well-deserved thank you. Do you <laughs> think justice was served? Yes. Why? Because they got life sentences mm. for raping, kidnapping, and murdering. Also, I couldn't find them nowhere. Like their faces. Their picture? Yeah, nothing. Are you sure? I couldn't find the Jerry guy at all. What are their names again? I got you. I am an FBI agent. <sighs> yeah, okay. Okay, it's Jerry Lee Beatty. There was one Jack. You lie like a rogue. Jack Jones and Jerry Beatty. Yes. Let me see it now. These people. Let's see what it says. What does it say? Says Roper. Yeah. Oh my God. That's them. Which one's the younger one? The the right one, huh? Yeah. What the hell? I did find. Jerry Beatty, though, but I didn't know if it was him because it was the mugshot was like 2004 mm-hmm. or like 2014. Yeah, I'm an FBI agent. I can find shit. <laughs> Thank you, Shorty. Mm-hmm. We will be posting their pictures on Instagram, and I might be posting like the map or like the distance, the distances that she took, where it happened, the and all that. Where- mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Shorty. What is one road? That you absolutely hate to take. Well, maybe not hate, but it's super scary to take. Especially at night. The old Angleton Road. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is some scary right? shit, man. Mm-hmm. One time, <laughs> but I'll keep going it to come see you. Oh, So cringe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I remember that. Anyways, um... So, me and Shorty, one time we went and... Oh, my God. Spray painted the train? Yeah. Um, and we were... So, we were spray painting. We <laughs> we had our Spider-Man mask on and we mm-hmm. got it at the, uh, at the, the flea, flea market. market. <laughs> <laughs> I mean to tell you. <laughs> what, we were dressed in all black. Yeah. And we had our Spider-Man mask. So, we was looking like busted up Spider-Man <laughs> with paint cans. to be sneaky. It wasn't sneaky with that red ass mask and we parked the car a pr- pretty far distance yes mm-hmm. and it was not even lit at all not even lit so we go to car spray lock. yeah we go to spray paint right so when you go to the train it's a big old ditch right and you yeah. had to- <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop so we were running and um we were spray painting it you know she got her cute little shit going 
you know, I, I'm not artistic, so I don't know what I was drawing. I was just doing it. Mm-hmm. But then I swear to you, I heard, like, the walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. Like, someone talking. Mm-hmm. And then, like, footsteps on the rocks. Um, just rock something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did I tell you? Did I tell you? You're, like, you're, you had it, like, a, not, like, a, oh, my God, we need to go. It mm-hmm. was, like, we need to go now. I was, like, huh? <laughs> like, Clueless to- as hell. <laughs> I was in my drawing. <laughs> and then she was, like, we need to go right now. And then we start running. Did I like drag you by the backpack, or I just kind of you started going first? I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I, was shit. Gonna, I was gonna leave that girl behind. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> we need to go now. And then you turned and ran. And then I started following behind you. Because I, we started hearing wolves. The wolves, yeah, the whole pack of wolves howling on the other yeah. side of the train. And on the other side of this train is like woods, but there's also a pasture. Yeah, there's but houses, further down, oh. there's houses. I mean, not where we were at, but on not the our neighborhood, but yeah. it's like a little bit at like one or two, yeah. three, four. But so. <laughs> <laughs> we're running right and i have my boots on huh yeah so baby i knew that i knew that ditch was there and i was gonna hop over it <laughs> what was going through your brain oh because your mask was on did you not yes. see i had everything on <laughs> i had a backpack on me right oh i pulled my mask up yeah I had she it still on. had her mask on and um we're going down the ditch running down the ditch and i fall <laughs> And I, I had, whenever we went back to the house, we, I saw there was, like, mud all over my knees and all over the shoes. <sighs> yeah, those probably are scariest. Yeah. And in the scary movies, whenever, like, they are they can't get the, the key in the car to unlock it, uh-huh. that shit's for real. <laughs> like, that shit is nerve-wracking. Like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because you don't have, like, a beep-beep. Yeah, I don't. She has to put her key in there and, and key it. You know, me on the other side. Lock, lock the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm grabbing the handle to, come on, come on, come on, come on. But we yeah. got out there, and we haven't done it since. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I want hey, to. Hey, them them pretty paint cans just sitting in my closet. Just yeah, I grab saw me, <laughs> grab me. Yeah, that's kind of our scary story. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we have for y'all today. And I hope you join us on our next case next week that I'll be telling. Yeah, buddy. All right, everybody. Have a blessed day. Bye. And as Kylie Jenner would say, rise and shine. But we say it's crime time. Because this is Good Morning America.